And there's something very beautiful when we synchronize our breath, we become one breath, we become one heart. Because meditation is great on its own, sex is great on its own. When you put them together, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple, Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook and Instagram at couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 25 years. And Freddie Zentel Weaver, they are the founders of the Tantra Nova Institute in Chicago. They are the authors of Sexual Enlightenment and have been featured on Showtime's sexual healing and NBC's starting over. We want to thank you both for being on our show again. This is this is always wonderful to speak with you guys again. We've known each other for a long time. Like 20 years, I think. Yeah. It's been a while, yeah. It goes by so fast. Your kids are grown and getting married now. I yeah. know, I know. And we're grandparents. And we have a granddaughter. Yeah. <laughs> That's we're going into the next chapter of our life. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Let's make it a better world for her. Or yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, guys, we want to really dive deep into, you know, conversation about sexuality, you know, and you guys are, are, are definitely experts in this area. And we really want to kind of talk a little bit more about just these aspects of sexuality that impact couples and ships, right? Intimacy is a really huge thing really big part of, of a, a couple's relationship. And it is very complex. I, I think all of you would, you know, we would all agree that yep. sexuality you know, is very complex. We talked about some other things we we're going to talk about later in the show, but I have a new one. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I saw the title of your guy's book, <laughs> Sexual Healing. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about how do we get wounded sexually and how do we heal sexually? Wow. That's a big question. And everybody... Yeah. Probably relate to some aspect of that, you know. It's like the wounding can start early, you know, the first experience with two little kids exploring, playing doctor, and then the parents come in and shame them, maybe even physically beat them. Uh, and then they take that on and then they keep living that out and other things happen and then lives in the background, you know, as something that's this, uh, you know, the vilification of the sexual, the vilification of our own energetic self. Um, so that's kind of where a lot of it begins for people very early. Yeah. So also looking at the sexual healing as the possibility of coming back to wholeness, because when we come into this world, we are whole, you know, and then we grow up and we compartmentalize our physical self, our emotional self, you know, perhaps I got hurt with my first boyfriend or you know, my dad didn't love me the way I wished he would have. 
So there may be some hurt, some pain in the heart. And then what we often do, we separate things out in order to cope. So like with a boyfriend, then I shut down the sexual or I become over-sexual and shut down the heart. So the sexual healing from where we are coming is really coming back into wholeness of ourselves and uh, remembering that wholeness from early on so that then the physical sexual, the emotional love, and the mental and the spiritual, the consciousness really can come into flow. Compartmentalizing means that I'm no, no longer in flow. I may be too much in my head, you know, analyze everything, uh, or I may be in the hurt of the heart or whatever it may be. So really coming into that flow so that my sexual can, my sexual self can support my love and heart self. And my love and heart self can support my sexual self. And the same with my mental and my spiritual self. I would think a lot of people have no idea what that actually feels like. Well, you know, I think people, what we're doing at the Institute is we're, we're reminding people of what they've forgotten. You know, when we start out, as Elspeth said, in the womb, it's just womb service, you know, and it's wonderful. And we're just embryo, embryonic fluid. We're just floating and our brains have developed. Then all of a sudden, whoosh, we're born in these bright lights and whacked on the bottom. And some guys are getting their wee-wees cut, you know, and they can send me back. And then life happens, good days, bad days, all the stuff the, that we encompass, we, we start to take in. And this is where we look into the world from, from all of these little micro decisions and experiences, right? Uh, and then we get to a certain point in our life where we want to shift something, but yet we are this clay of remembering and neurosynaptic automaticity. Uh, but yet the thing that connects us to the universe, it goes on forever, which is hard to even imagine, is our imagination, our capacity to dream and imagine something that's never been before in our life. So what we teach at the Institute is we're working with the sexual, energetic, altered state of awareness that happens in it. So whether you're doing our work or not, when you're in the sexual energetic, we're more open, loving, vulnerable, receptive, chemically we're changed, more oxytocin, endorphin, serotonin. So we're teaching specific distinctions around that, particularly in a meditative ritual. And this again does not, not again, but this does not take the place of your mutual lovemaking. It will enhance that for sure. So in the ritual practice, people are in this altered state with an intention to move towards whatever it is they want to create in their life. So that altered state is an unmasking, if you will, of a lot of the stuff and running in the subconscious, in the energetic self, in the emotional self, that allows one a glimpse into the letting go or what we call the flattening of all of these automatic ways of being to then move with grace, ease, and flow towards that thing that we are the person most deeply desires. And that's what we're working with in the sexual as a transformational practice. Yes. So, you know, how would it be to live a passionate, ecstatic, and blissful life, both in relationship with myself, because all intimacy, all pleasure emanates from within. I cannot experience pleasure with another if I'm not connected to my pleasure, you know. So I think we you know, either have forgotten or we don't hold it possible that I could live a blissful life. And who is in the way is myself. Now, that is not like, oh, what's wrong with me? No, 
what am I not seeing? Like, what is there in the way? And what Freddie described just a moment ago of tapping into our sexual energy. So sexual energy is different from sex. Sex is an act where sexual energy comes into play, but sexual energy is much bigger. Sexual energy is our life force. You know, life force, without it, we wouldn't be sitting here and talking to each other. And life force is something that runs through us all the time, from the moment we get conceived to the moment we leave this planet. And there is something very precious in this, which is that we be can become more aware of that life force that is sexual in nature. That is the energy that brought us into this world. You know, you have children, they have children. Guess what? How we all came into this world is through this energy. And so in the tantric practice, we learn how to tune with that energy so that I can, can connect, so that I can use this energy and breathe it up and embellish myself in my physical pleasure, in the connection with my heart, with my self-love, with my mental self, I can use that life force, sexual energy that is creative. I can use it to, you know, turbocharge my intentions and what I want to create in the world. I can use it to connect with my beloved, you know, like in a circular way. So there are practices both for the individual to circulate sexual, emotional, mental and spiritual energy and then that we, you know, circulate this with each other from heart to heart. Do you want to show with me? From heart to heart like this, you know, where we uh, connect uh, in this way. Do you want to lead it? Okay. So this is a practice that, that anyone can do, and it really starts to develop more of the uh, availability and the uh, accessibility to this stillness that's available to any of us that we just give ourselves a little opportunity to what we call develop the witness state of mind where we're watching the story mind. And you can do this with yourself, just putting your hand on your heart. And as you breathe, your eyes can be open, close, your soft focus. And breathing in together, breathing out together, if you're with someone, gazing into each other's left eye, letting the thoughts come and go. On the next inhalation, visualize receiving energy into the heart hand from the others. On the exhalation, visualize sending into the other's heart Inhalation receiving, exhalation sending. And there you can see we have a circuit now, like where our hearts get connected. And there's something very beautiful when we synchronize our breath, we become one breath, we become one heart for that moment. And that is how we do heart to heart connection. And as you can tell, we also look into each other's left eye and why we do that has to do with that the left eye is correlated to the right brain hemisphere. And the right brain hemisphere is the hemisphere where we feel, experience the autistic part, the Vesuvius part. So we move this when I look mm -hmm. pretty. So no, I want to I keep talking because I don't want to lose the audience in, in, in sharing this. I love it. Okay, good, 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 good. So what do you no, This is a fantastic practice and exercise, by the way. You know, we, we learned from you guys this exercise. I think the last time we did an interview, you guys showed this. And 
And we actually have our couples practice that same exercise. So mm-hmm. thank you very much. You know, yeah. it, it's very important. You know, the, the problem that we see is that couples don't invest enough time in their relationship to actually practice that heart-to-heart connection. Yeah. And some have a difficult time with touch. Yeah. And a lot of that's, you know, learned automatic reflex behavior from the past. I mean, not many people are brought up in a hugging family or in a family where they are told that their sexuality is great and, you know, appropriateness with it and an open conversation about it. That's not what most people grow up with. Um, So this is, again, remembering what we've forgotten, because as Elspeth Mm -hmm. said, we come into the world knowing this energy. You know, but the mind as it develops and we get into the ego and we're in a Machiavellian world and uh, all that story stuff that the mind has to do to create its, you know, an okay with its existence by figuring something out or making something, analyzing something uh, is something that we have to practice, as you said, to give a little distance. So here I want to say something again, going back to that all love and intimacy comes from within. And like, Yesterday, we had a conversation with a couple uh, that, um, you know, is looking at exploring into learning Tantra and bring this to their relationship. And it became very apparent with the imbalance between the two of them, where the wife was less connected with herself, you know, also some resentment, probably, you know, past transgressions or where she was not treated respectfully and the husband more forthcoming and you know also with the forthcomingness sometimes there are some blindnesses so how do I share my passion with my partner so that the partner can be invited instead of turned off you know like over feels overrun and in both cases is there is just an unawareness of oneself. And when I say unawareness, I don't mean just here from the head, like I'm not aware of myself. I'm also speaking about the unawareness in the body because the body is the expression of ecstasy. That is where we feel. It's the, the place where we uh, feel passion, you know. And if the body has either gone to sleep or if the body is overamped, like needs it, you know, there is no real possibility for the two of them to actually dance with each other. And then back to what you brought up in terms of not investing enough, it's also often couples don't know how, you know, and you know, your work, you know that, and definitely covers will come to us. It's really taking them by the hand, so to, you know, figuratively speaking, mm-hmm. so that they can come back to the source within and then touch into the source within the other. But the practices do lead people right to what they've forgotten. It's kind of like, oh, I'm tight. I don't know what to do with this tight muscle, you know, and then you just show them a stretch. A physical stre- and then they get in touch with that tight muscle and continuing to do that that tool that exercise loses the muscle so we teach them practices that show them and lead them right to what it is they're wanting which is that deep intimate connection you know we could teach these practices to nuns and priests if they were vowed to celibacy it's not about the act of sex it's about being what that energy represents as an experience as a beingness as a seeing ourselves in each other 
yeah. as a joyful creative energy. And then how to use this also in the actual, you know, ravishing act of sex, you know, that because it's the whole spectrum. It's not just channeling the sexual energy into my connecting with my spiritual energy. Yes, there are very particular practices where we can learn that. And where Freddie and I practice it and we teach it to our clients, to our couples, to singles who come here. It is also equally important to connect with that primal, you know, that carnal self and yeah. allowing ourselves to lose ourselves in the rapture. It takes openness. It takes willingness. It takes overcoming the shame, the fear, the, you know, all of that that may be there and really letting go in front and with another can we talk more about that, about that primal self, right? Because, you know, before we, before we, we uh, hit record and everything, you know, one of the things I wanted to, to ask you guys about is some of the, the trends that you may have seen over the course of your career, right? And this forgetfulness that has happened, you know, in our society where people have forgotten how to connect with themselves individually and then also within a couple and you know whether that our society has really focused more on the primal self and that primal connection mm -hmm. versus the holistic right the spiritual yeah. the mental emotional connection yeah when i speak about the primal uh, what i talk about is that you know that is where we come from when we look at animals when they go into heat, they just let it rip, you know. And there is a desire in the human being to be able to just let it rip without all the judgment, assessment. And then, of course, you know, the porn industry, advertising, all of that, make use of that in that some twisted way. You know, that because that is such a desire, so it's easy to speak into that. Mm. And then, you know, we look for satisfaction in that, in that way. Now, fulfillment is not possible there unless this is really, you know, becomes integrated a, a full experience. Of course, I can have sexual highs, but it's, sometimes it's a little bit like taking a drug. You know? I think the whole, um, you know, information dissemination highway has made sex very available to everyone on your phone, anywhere, anytime. And I think we're moving in the right direction in terms of that sex is available. Women are seeing the things that they could do that they didn't know that they could do. But it's what, what as Elspeth was saying, we're stuck in just the pornography part of it. Because until we stop the vilification of sex, as I mentioned earlier, and get that it's not just sex and it's not with other people necessarily, it's the beingness of that energy and using it as a way to revitalize who we are as a creative, loving being. I mean, it's not so right now what's happening is people get connected to the physical part of it. It just feels good. Again, the endorphins, the whole uh, loving openness for, th for guys, three second orgasms. That's like, that's about as long as it lasts. And then you're back to, well, I don't know, I got to get some more, or do something or figure it out. Or was it as good as the last time? And uh, so, you know, until people start getting, and I think, again, it's kind of like the kid who wants to eat McDonald's all the time. And you say, well, you know, you're going to get 
not it's not good for your system. So you give it to them as much as they want, and then they get sick. And they say, okay, let's try now, let's try something else, some vegetables, you know. And so people are gorging themselves now with this with pornography. And then the next level is okay, we've had what else can we do with this? You know, I'm I'm sore from this already. I'm I can't get enough of it. What else can we do with it? Oh, we can meditate with it. There's sexual meditation. There's a way to get more deeply connected with myself, where this where this energy will lead me. And that's what people discover when they come here. Not that everybody who comes here is sex addicted. I'm not meaning that. But in terms of discovering that the sexual peace and sexual meditation is something, wow, it's like an eye opener. It's like a schmores, you know, because meditation is great on its own. Sex is great on its own. When you put them together, it's like, oh, my God. So people who come here really are in a place of that there must be something more to love, to mm. love making to sexual experience, to pleasure, to connecting, to be heard, to be felt. You know, there is a yearning for that. And, um, and of course, in the course, all kinds of such. You know, again, you know, some people have uh, perhaps a porn addiction or, you know, others are so sexual energy is so suppressed and not accessible or you know then women going through menopause and all the fire has gone out how can we return to ignite the flame and then channel the flame now channeling is not controlling so we when we speak about channeling that sexual life-giving energy not controlling the energy it's just like, you know, how we harnessed electrical energy or learned to harness electrical energy uh, 200 years ago. Before that, we had gas lamps and uh, candles. Now we can power all kinds of stuff with that uh, harness electrical energy. Our computers heat our homes. In the same way, we can learn how to harness this phenomenally powerful sexual energy that brings life, you know, it's life itself. You know, nuclear energy is very powerful too, it can destroy whole countries, but it cannot bring forth life. So in my eyes, this life force energy is much more powerful. And we as human beings, since we are self-reflective, unlike animals, because just like animals, we have impulses, we have desires, all of that. What's different with us is that we are self-reflective of being self-reflective, you know, that we have a consciousness. And with that, we can learn how to channel this energy to fuel myself, to express myself, to love, to pick myself, you know, and that's very exciting. You know, it sounds so like, like we don't have enough words for what we're actually talking about. And if we think about sexuality like an archetype and archetypes have shadow sides and sacred sides. And if you say primal, there's also predator. And then you say love, but there's also a danger to that. If the, the, the person that you're always giving to is just a taker, you know, or, or not, there's not that reciprocal, that reciprocal flow that you're talking about. And I think, I think all those words get kind of confusing. You know, we see, we just did an episode on sexless marriage. We were talking about give and take or 
take take and give in give and receive or give and receive give in and take yeah and there's a lot of uh kind of a routine couples fall into of just i don't know if they're using sex as a stress reliever or you know something but not really like showing up in a place of giving mm -hmm. and last time we talked to you guys you talked about how how much faster a man can get there than a woman and there's a lot of women that aren't you know and and i think freddie this is what you're talking about outside of the bedroom outside of the act or touching is kindness and seeing each other and investing in that relationship and when that's not happening it's such a big jump from that to what you guys are talking about well you know the thing that none of it is right or wrong good or bad mm -hmm. It's what it is, what do you want in your life and want to, and the will to shift it. And so if one is like okay with sexless marriage or okay with, um, you know, however their relationship might show up on the outside in terms of not receiving love from the other, if that's fine with, if they've got a conversation with themselves about, I want something different, that's where what we do could be of value. Because I don't have any judgments on what how somebody's yeah. living their life. Yeah. It's just, are you unhappy? Are you wanting to shift mm -hmm. something? Yeah, and yeah. also, you know, what I and we found find so often is that for people even to consider that it's possible to realize what they want. Mm. Because often the dreams die by, I cannot have that, or it didn't happen in the past, or when I tried it. I just got so disappointed. So, you know, that builds up over time. And then we become this resigned being. And resignation is one of the en enemies of intimacy and passion. Mm -hmm. So to... That's re really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That resignation piece. And, and it comes mostly from I don't know what to do. Right. And you were talking about the self. And that it, and that you develop that within yourself, and then you can then share it if it's within you. You can't share it if it's not in you. And well, I think a lot of people are looking to someone else to say, "Fix this." Right. We look outside so that our wounds can get some balm, mm -hmm. or that that uncomfortable feeling goes away, and that's an illusion. Nobody. You know, it's the same in my relationship with Freddie. I have desires. Freddie has desires. Then we have been together for 22 years. We get very used to each other. And we live and work together. So that's really 44 <laughs> years. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, yes. So there is so much familiarity. And that, of course, has one great, um, you know, thing, which is there is a sense of security, safety, that what we want on one hand, but that's a killer for passion because passion lives in, in that tension, in that suspension of the uncertainty. Like when we fall in love, we are not certain about this new lover. The adventure of something new. Yes. Like so, a new place to live or a road trip or whatever it might be, you know, something that keeps the active, you know, adrenaline and the will and the, the, the anticipation Yes, Awake. and to create this in couplehood, I think that is really a next level, at least how I look at it right now. 
both in my own life because I want to create this further in my own life with Freddie. Like, I I mean, it it's just wonderful, passionate, and, you know. And I want to add, too, you know, some of these deepest desires require a full court press. And that's an analogy to basketball where you just play somebody defensively from one end of the court to the other end of the court, not just waiting for them to pass center line and pick them up uh, to play defense. So because these things are like the color of our eyes, they're so deeply rooted. And again, resignation, the old Newtonian belief, well, it's happened, so that's what's real, not my imagination of what's possible. Whereas in reality, we are imagining our world moment by moment from a place of old experiences. Because if, if, if time is just a construct to figure out how we can organize our moment, then everything in the past and everything in the future is right here, right now. So in belief, you can begin to shift it. So the key to that, though, is learning the witness. I'm not learning, but remembering the witness, that we are more than just our thoughts. And to be able to watch those thoughts that come from all those experienced places to live into a dream, a vision, a new way of experiencing and being in your life. And, and that, you, that's the full court press. Yeah, but we started with the, with the breathing and the gazing. Well, let's just see, would it be okay, Freddie, let us in a very short breathing practice that will allow each of us being here right now, listening to this podcast, to drop into yourself so that you can drop into that witness that Freddie speaks out. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. You know, before, before you do that, I just want to say that our nervous system is in shock so often yes. and people aren't really that aware of it. And, and that's that killer of all the other stuff that you guys are going to guide us towards. I would add also that a lot of people in the younger generations now have become risk adverse mm -hmm. that I don't want to, I'm not going to do the whole full court press, right? I, I am only going to meet in the middle because it, to do more than that would would risk more right mm -hmm. risk of abandonment risk of rejection and you know a lot of younger generation couples now the generation z and millennials a lot of them aren't even getting married right because they don't want to risk losing something mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the what the fear of it is because we all die in the end. You know? right? There's a lot of things worse than dying, and that's living an unhappy life. So you know, let's keep uh, keep um, hope alive with that we can live a happy life, and that our work is about creating that as possible for others. So okay, this is just a simple breathing meditation that we're going to do. So seat seated yourself, seating yourself up as erect as you're comfortable being, feeling your stack of your vertebrae on top of your, your sit bones. Your eyes can be open, closed, or soft focus. And we'll just do this for a few moments. Put a hand on your belly. Because this is this breathing is parasympathetic as opposed to sympathetic breathing. We're going to be breathing into our nose, lungs, extending the diaphragm and belly into the hand. Okay, good. So continue to breathe that way, following with your awareness, your breath into your nose, down your trachea, lungs extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon on your inhalation. Really feel that extension. Exaggerate the extension. And then follow with your awareness, your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Stay with that type of breathing. I'm going to keep talking a little bit. Feeling the rise of your belly on your inhalation. Flattening of your belly and your exhalation through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. As your mind gets distracted and other thoughts, conversations, interpretations, or meaning come in, 
Just acknowledge that. Let it be. Let it go. Bring your focus and awareness back to your breath. Following your breath into your nose, down your trachea, lungs extending into your diaphragm and belly like a big balloon into your hand on your inhalation. Following your breath back up and out through your nose in your own pace, depth, and rhythm. Stay with it. You are your own witness to any thoughts, conversations, interpretations, or meaning. For these few moments, just watching, breathing, and being. And while you're breathing in and out, just notice how you're feeling right now. Notice how your body is feeling. Are there any sensations in your body or the absence of the sensation? Now notice your emotional state, the state of your emotions. Just notice, nothing to be done. And notice your state of mind, your state of thought. And then slowly come back and if one of you, Jean or Ray, want to share how you're feeling right now, it would be great. You know, what is interesting is our attention and you're not even aware of what's, you know, your muscles are tighter or you're not sitting symmetrically or a lot of things that, you know, over time can cause lots of problems and to take some time to have some awareness and to feel the, the, the shortness of the breath become longer. And like, I, I just noticed my shoulders drop, right? And I wasn't even aware that they were up. Wow. That is so beautiful. That's such a great example of what Heidi's talked about. Witnessing ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. we let go and notice, you know. Before, it's like we live in that blindness about ourselves. So this is great. Thank you so much. So this is what's essential to calm ourselves so that we can become more aware of what's going on with me. How do I feel in my body, in my heart? What's going on in my mind? Are my emotions and my thoughts running me? Or am I in the witnessing of what's going on? Because that is where power resides. If I cannot observe that, I can. I don't have choice. Yeah, Ray, Ray has something. I would just say, you know, when you, you close your eyes and we're, we're practitioners of Vipassana meditation. And, and so, you know, when you close your eyes, you, you just start tuning into the, the, the subtle sensations and, you know, movements and, and pain and, and, and pleasure and all of the different things that are occurring within your body that you are not aware of. Right, we are so focused on everything going on out here <laughs> that we don't know what's going on in here, and it's happening every moment. And what, as you know from your meditation practice, uh, and, and for many people, again, I call this again, reminding people of what they've forgotten because that's what it was at the beginning. And then when our mind develops, we're so busy. And as we do this practice, even for three breaths, which is about the limit of. Uh, focus for most people before their mind gets distracted unconsciously into some other thought squirrel you know um, (laughs) and uh, you know over a period of time one can learn to uh, watch the thoughts many people say you know my mind is too busy Freddie I can't meditate I've been doing this since I was 13 years old I'm 67 now 
And my mind's busy. You know, what we learn to do is watch the thoughts without what we call the total felt sense of the thought. So the thoughts just sort of floating down the river without getting wrapped and lost in it. And so the parasympathetic breathing is important because we have to think to do that. We have to think to bring the breath down and extend the diaphragm as opposed to parasympathetic breathing. And that give, that little thinking gives us a pause from the story. And, you know, people might be wondering why are we talking about this in relationship to sexuality? And it's huge. It's it, You cannot really show up and be present if your mind is in a million places, if you're in fight or flight, if you're anxious, if you're worried about things. And, you know, our greatest commodity is our attention. And there's so much in this world that wants our attention. And we have control over what we give it to. And so once you choose to give it to yourself instead of to whatever's calling out there and it's calling. I mean, you can't hardly do anything without something calling your attention. And we, we live in nature a lot and nature calls your attention. You know, a bird flies by or you hear uh, a squirrel rustling in the leaves or whatever. And the technology type of attention, it, it moves like 10 times faster than the nature type of attack. Mm. And so it's so such a big deal to learn to master this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let me hearken back to what you brought up earlier, Jean, in terms uh, of the differences between masculine sexual energy and feminine sexual energy. And I use feminine and masculine in the sense of yin and yang because that yin and yang difference actually creates a magnetism that's the polarity if that is not present there is no magnetism there is no attraction sometimes in heterosexual couples it's not necessarily always that you know the male is grounded in his male sexual energy it may be more that the woman is you know often more located in the sexual center where the locus is from which the masculine desires, unlike the feminine, when a woman or the one who is in their feminine wants to connect with their partner, most of them start feeling it in their heart center. And most of the ones who are focused in their masculine uh, or come from that, they when they want to connect, they'll start feeling it in their sexual center. So we both want to connect. However, one is like from the sexual center, I from the heart center. So we have like two ships passing in the night. In the tantric practice, the men learn, so the one who is in their masculine energy learns to breathe the energy up from the sexual center into the heart center. Once his heart center opens, guess what? I feel it. My heart opens. My heart doesn't respond well if it just comes from the sexual center. Not that this is not a wonderful energy, but the energy coming from the sexual center is not about connection. It's more about lust, desire, you know? And so when we want to connect, it's really great to bring up the sexual energy for the one who is in his male energy, connect with the heart, open, that opens my heart. And when my heart opens, guess what? opens up then too is my sexual center in sanskrit that's called the yoni yoni means sacred space of a woman and um, given that our energy is much more dispersed i always call it like this male sexual energy 
rises quickly, gets easily excited and drops quickly. Unlike feminine sexual energy rises slowly, hangs out there. We don't know if it's coming or going. However, when it's reawakened, it can come up to a plateau and then stay on the plateau for a long time. And then instead of this, he came and went and she hangs out there. What about this? He meets her on the plateau. Now, this requires really our own work, our own opening. So do you want to talk about that? Well, we, I wanted to add to, for a lot of guys, is not to make us wrong that we start with the feeling in the, the lingam, which is a Sanskrit term for penis, because that's what we're modeled, modeled. That's what we're socialized to learn. You know, it's like not okay for guys to be uh, loving or being uh, nurturing or be, show our emotions. You know, we're told, hold it together, man. You know, don't show your hand. Uh, you know, so there's two emotions that are okay for guys. That's, you know, screwing or fucking and fighting. Uh, and so to to remember this, this practice of starting to move and transform the sexual, what appears as lust or selfish love, where we start feeling initially, to the heart is the practice in all the variations of Tantra there are. And a lot of guys take it, well, separating ejaculation from orgasm, lasting longer. I'm not a quick comer. I can last as long as I want. So we're not talking about just lasting. We're talking about consciously circulating this orgasmic, what I call nectar, this feeling that three-second orgasm can become a 45-minute orgasm, floating in and out of that wave, riding that wave. With the breath, awareness of energy and muscle uh, awareness. And that's another level of mastery. Um, and, and moving beyond just let me get in there and get that feeling that just, I don't know where it comes from. It's like becoming, seeing that, oh, this feeling is something I can actually play with and move with and, you know, circulate and dance in for as long as I want. And that's another level. And that shifts the way man, way the masculine energy connects with the feminine energy. And that polarity is important. And in relationship, it does switch around. Sometimes she's more masculine. Sometimes he's more feminine and so on and so on. So forth. And so that that awareness of that polarity is very important in relationship as well, to know how to balance that out and listen for it and play with both uh, the, the give and flow, ebb and flow of it. That makes so you guys have been together a long time. And my guess is it's not bliss all the time. And <laughs> <laughs> and that there's times you guys are probably in different places in different stages. Is there anything you want to share about how you've managed to uh, work through those type of times that you, when you were in a, a disconnect time? So, yeah, we have like a basic stance in our relationship that has to do that we are fully committed to our own fullest self-expression and we are committed to the other's fullest self-expression, uh, which means that if there is something that Freddie wants and it feels like, for one thing, I don't want it and, um, you know, but who am I to be in the way for him to explore, to express, to feel himself? You know, of course, when that happens, we have agreements, conditions of how to manage that, always knowing that this is like coming back to that foundation that we have with each other and that commitment we have to each other both to be partners, to be life partners. And uh, at the same time that, you know, Freddie rides a motorcycle. On one hand, for me, that is like the five 
Ochi does this. It's so risky, but I know it means so much to him. And so to really be supportive of each other, just like Freddie avails this to me, when I want to have new experiences or when I'm ready to go beyond what I may have ever experienced. Yet the crucial part is that it's an openness here. It's a flow, again, this energy, you know, that we are circular instead of separating and that the communication is open and the love, the heart stays open, even in the moment when I may feel jealousy. Yeah, and on a day-to-day, you know, Gene, you know, things come up, we get angry, we get sad, we get disappointed. It's just stuff doesn't stick around as long. Right. You know, we're like animals, we get and it's there and it's authentic and then it's gone. Unless I spin it in my head and recreate it and regurgitate it to refeel it again, you know, which is what we do, right? We just keep reliving this, the, the trauma over and over and over. <laughs> and there is nothing wrong about having a good fight because anger is just as there as there is passion. Passion shows up in anger. Passion shows up in lovemaking. You know, they are not far apart. It's the willingness to feel our feelings and to have that space with, with each other where we can express it without one or the other losing themselves or feeling victimized. No, stand in your own anger and stand in the face of another anger without folding. That is really when we can be there with each other. And then, of course, we can look once the wave has subsided a little bit of the anger, what's underneath, what may not be considered. What may we have a request about or right. whatever? Yeah, we're yeah. seeing. Where's our concern? You know, we were wondering, we would like to give a gift to the audience, if we may. Sure, sure. absolutely. It's a it's um video introductory workshop. And we thought, given what we spoke about today, I have been speaking about that for people to actually learn some of the practices. We just tapped a little bit into the breathing practice, but there are many more. And in that video, there are a couple of practices so that out of this conversation, if you have listened today, you can go further. And so we'll just send you the link so you can post it on the podcast show page. Absolutely. Put it in the show notes and and everything. And you know, and if people want to know more about the two of you, uh, where, what's the pl- best place to go? Where, where would they go? Yeah, so our website is tantranova.com, T-A-N-T-R-A-N-O-V-A, tantranova, like supernova.com. And, of course, there's lots uh be discovered and both our workshops that we offer we also work privately with couples we have retreats we work with singles 50 percent of our clients are singles um, because they want to create something for themselves or bring in a beloved or create the next relationship in a different way than past relationships they were in Uh, so tantranova.com is a great way and then also uh, with a link to the intro video, and if people get that, 
then they have access also to schedule a, a complementary consultation with us throughout their different ways. Wonderful. And they can listen to the first time we interviewed them on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's a completely different conversation. Have you guys heard it lately? Not lately, oh, but I have to look it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, it's good to see yourself over the years. <laughs> yeah. It was great talking to you guys. Yes. So good. Thank you so much. Well, thank you mm -hmm. for your graciousness, having us on and for queuing up your questions here. <laughs> and flowing with everything. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much for your platform. And Well, guys, thank you so much for being on our podcast. You want to thank all of our, our audience, you know, for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships in this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoy the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.